0: Hello and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies, and what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. Hey, guess what? Today is our last day of our amazing Reduce Your Frustration mini-series. And today, Sam, what is it about?
1: Contribution.
0: Contribution, that's gonna be an interesting one. First, before we get started, we just wanna do a huge shout out, this week in particular, because I've managed to actually speak to three people in person about the podcast that they've been listening to so I wanted to do a huge shout out to those three people I was actually at the gym the other day on the treadmill and I went to introduce myself to one of the members that I hadn't met before and she said I know I know who you are my name's Lara. So Lara, if you're listening to this one, thank you so much for providing so much input and feedback around what you're loving about the podcast. It was really useful and I'm going to be taking that feedback on board and then I'm going to be able to show you and I'll show you. I'm going to be able to tell you some more things that I have in store. I've had two people that have actually had a conversation with me about the relationship one, what men want and what women want. So Nisha, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I've taken that feedback on board too and I love the fact that you found it so useful. And Clint, yes, that's right. We've got a guy that I've had a great conversation with this week saying that he is loving all the podcasts that have been about relationships. So look, we're making an impact on the world and that was my whole aim is by contributing for free, giving up my time so that I could help inspire, empower, and motivate other people globally. And look, it's happening. Yahoo! And can I just say, my significance need went through the roof last week because three people on random days were commenting about how they loved the podcast. And it's not just the mini series that we've been going through in the last six weeks. They've been listening to lots of different podcasts.
1: Been brilliant And I mean, I hear about it all the time. People come into my class and they say, Oh, Ursha's podcast that she did about this was fantastic. Or even when I mention one of the podcasts while we're busy teaching, you can see them nodding and smiling and giggling because they've, especially the relationship ones, they've been a real hit.
0: So that was, and I'm, woman, if you're listening, go back and listen to the podcast What Men Really Want. It's crucial if you want to have a more emotionally intimate relationship. I see you still rolling your eyes. Don't
1: do that. It's been a crack up. Out of all of the podcasts, it's hilarious. We've it been looking hilarious. through the stats of all the, and who's Just been none. watching and who's been listening to what and how many downloads each episode gets. And the episode, What Men Really Want, has had the lowest downloads of all podcasts. We pissed ourselves. We're like, man, poor men are getting such a
0: bad rap. Like... They are so easily pleased. And if you just knew how to deal with them and how to share or express gratitude for their actions, your life would transform exponentially. And woman, just please, like if you're listening today, even though we're not talking about this one today, because we've just gone and looked at the stats, we both just had a crack up, didn't we? We're like that is hilarious. So men out there, I'm gonna do I'm doing plugs for you, man. I'm like, women, go and find out what they really need because they are really simple beings and they're really easy. Easy to
1: please. So easy, easy to please. please. So easy. So doesn't take much girls. You're gonna get a lot from it, believe me. <laughs> well you're gonna get in return for the little bit you're gonna give out. Oh my gosh. You'll be loving us forever.
0: All right, so let's move on to our last one today. Today is the need for contribution. So, what is it?
1: Give me a give me a quick summary, Sam. So, that's right. The last one is contribution, and it's the one that many people reflect on in the later stages of life as we look at our legacy.
0: Yep, that word, legacy. So, what is it? Well, basically, people want to leave a legacy because they want to feel that their life actually mattered. Once you know what you want your legacy to be, You can actually start building on it. And then the bonus is, you can start living in the way you want to be remembered. It will allow you to start doing what really matters now. So what Pericles says is, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others.
1: So what I love about that particular Mm. quote is that it's not about the material things that you've made and built or the um the wealth that you have created or the ego or Mm. anything like that it's actually it's about the connections you've had with people around you so there's another quote that my sister actually told us once a long time ago people don't remember you for the things that you have said but they remember the way that you make them feel so from a legacy point of view, do you want to have all the things and have left people all the things but have no love and connection or memories? Or is it better for you to be- leave amazing memories and for people to have felt because you were in their lives?
0: Hmm. And you can create a legacy. You don't actually need to be a famous person. You can leave a legacy through any good deed to benefit society. You know, and examples could be you leave a legacy by working for a welfare of mankind, uh, by helping disadvantaged children, by spending time by educating others. You know, leaving a legacy by starting my podcast. Like my vision is, you know, motivate, inspire and empower globally. And so by, you know, leaving a legacy of just having a podcast and giving up my time time and donating that for free and and hope that that will help inspire, motivate and empower other people is part of my legacy. Uh, What's another way? Uh, Helping those in need when required. Being kind to everybody. Like we all remember those aunts or uncles or sisters or brothers or parents that just had kindness. They came from a place of Kindness.
1: So you would often have it with um, school teachers, you know, like your first or daycare teachers. You know, you have a huge impact on a child's life because you spend so much time with them and you can actually leave your legacy behind by making awesome little people. come out of your class or your school or your year and they have grown and become better people because of it and my grandmother is a great example she was in her 90s and I remember walking around the streets of you know she lived in the same city pretty much her whole life And um, we used to walk around the streets and 40 and 50 year old men and women used to stop her in the streets and say, oh, Mrs. Mitchell, remember me, I'm blah, blah, John. And I was in your class back in 1962. And she would literally remember people, like maybe not at the very time, but then we'd end up going home with her and she goes, I remember John. Oh, he was a naughty little boy and he used to do this, this and this. But, you know, like she, they remembered her. Like imagine remembering your grade one teacher when you're in your 50s. She left an impact and that's a legacy. Mm.
0: So think about, you know, who's left an impact on your life? Like who are the people that really valued you? Who are the people that believed in you? Who are the people that knew that you had what it took and stretched you so that you could grow to the next level. Leaving a legacy is important as it makes a huge difference to other people's lives and it also lights up the path for future generations. So I want to say that again, it lights up the
1: path for future
0: generations.
1: Being a role model basically to those people below you. Imagine if you had a say Mrs. Mitchell is your grade one teacher and she was outstanding and when you're looking for a job you decide you want to be a grade one teacher just like Mrs. Mitchell was and be really cool and blah blah blah. Great example.
0: And I want to share a quote from Lionel Richie which I really love. I think the whole world is dying to hear someone say I love you. I think that if I can leave a legacy of love and passion in the world then I think I've done my job in a world that's getting colder and colder by the day. Now, one of the big reasons that I love that is because I want to leave a legacy of hugging. Like people think I'm crazy or people think, is that such a big deal? It's a huge deal to me. So, you know, one of my things is I want to hug nine people by 9am in the morning. And obviously that's been a little bit challenging over COVID. So now I'm doing more online group training than ever before because I make them all hug me. We all get to hug each other, and it's because you know it releases those happy hormones—the dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Like, fancy leaving a legacy that you introduce hugs to families. Like, you were responsible for your son or your daughter being a hugger. Like, for years and for generations, it was just a no-go zone. Like, maybe you grew up in a family where you weren't able to hug, and it was not cool or it was not or it was actually frowned upon when you expressed any form of emotion and if you did then I just want to say that I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that that was your experience because we come into contact with so many people that actually never get hugs. They don't know how to embrace hugs. They feel stiff, they feel rigid when they get hugs But numerous times over the years I've had people that have come up to me and said Ursh, you are the first person that's hugged me in five months. You're the first person that's hugged me in three months. You're the first person that I've hugged in years and it's just a show of affection. You make people feel wanted. You make people feel loved. You make them feel like they matter. And that's where the magic is for me, is I want everyone to feel that what they do and how they contribute by just being themselves, that they actually truly matter. So should anything happen to me and you're listening to this podcast, remember at my funeral, every damn one will be hugging. They'll be dancing and they will be hugging. (laughs) Gary Vojnicek also says, please think about your legacy because you are writing it every day. Now I'm just going to go a little bit deeper and add my five cents onto that is not only are you writing it every day, you are living it every day. What you think about, you bring about. What you speak about, you bring about. And what you write about, you bring about. So I want you to ask yourself, what am I doing today to make an impact on someone? How can I grow today? What can I give today? And who can I celebrate today? Imagine having that as a legacy, that you were the person that celebrated others. That's really important for me. Like that's one of the things that I want to be remembered for is that that, and, And it may sound a little bit like that. Remember when that bitch made me do that? Well, I'm going to be that person. I want people at my funeral to remember that I was the one that believed in them. I was the one that challenged them. I was the one that said, didn't give up, don't give up. That, you know, you matter, and what you, do, what you do and how you show up really, truly matters. Wow. Well, I don't even know how we got on to my funeral, but I think it's only fair that we should talk about your funeral. So <laughs> just just to recap on that, my legacy is all about hugs and being other people's biggest cheerleaders.
1: Cheerleader. I think my legacy is it's more around kindness and caring for others and putting self, not self first, like making sure that other people are taken care of and uh, feel loved and feel accepted. Mm. I'm more of a gentle, kind of uncomfortable hugger. (laughs) (laughs) I've been taught how to hug exceptionally well, thanks to my incredible wife. Her legacy is now with me.
0: I think you need to share the story about the hugging.
1: Right, yeah. That's so, a good story. It's a great story. So, I know we're
0: getting distracted from really, you know, about the whole thing today. But, but this is okay. your
1: contribution to Absolutely. the Mitchell family. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I need to open my water bottle for this one. When I
1: first met her and um, I took her home to meet my parents for the first time and they, well, she walks in the front door and... <laughs> This is the first time she's met them and they open the door and she literally just goes, arms open, and gives both my mum and my dad this massive hug. And my like eyes, does. yeah, and my eyes nearly popped out of my head, and my heart rate went off 150 sort of beats per hour because it's not really something that we did with our family. But hugging was for special occasions, like if you were leaving to go overseas or if it was your birthday. But hugging on just a, every time you arrive home definitely wasn't on the cards. We're just not that kind of. We weren't that kind of family. So I thought, oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God, what do I have to do now? Ursh has just hugged my mum and my dad. What am see. I
0: supposed to do? Sam's holding her forehead as she is reliving this story. <laughs>
1: I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to hug them? This is awkward. Like, do I hug now or don't I hug? And I do believe I did hug. It was, it's not uncomfortable to hug my parents because we have hugged, but it's not normal just to hug every day when you see each other. So it was kind of that awkwardness of, okay, I guess we should hug now. So we kind of did but ever since then, Ursh always hugs when she arrives at any family. My whole family, Australia and New Zealand, and your family too. And so if we meet on the street, we'll be hugging. And then, and so I have always hugged now as well because I don't like being left out. And I'm, I mean, I am, I am I'm fond of a little bit of hugging. And so now it's be it's literally changed the whole culture of my family everybody hugs everybody now or not everybody but the nephews now on my side as well say i love you that was another thing that we we just never said i love you and even now after 43 years um, i now when i finish a phone call with both my mom and dad who are now in the 80s we actually say i love you at the end and literally this has only happened in the last 12 months so you know, it's never too late to make change in your family. And Ursh has been the pivotal person in that change. She has left a legacy of hugging and love yous in the Mitchell and Holly's and Dice family. Thank See, you.
0: It costs nothing. It, costs, it nothing. costs nothing to have a legacy of hugging and to say, I love you to people. So, so many people, you know. When, I, when I'm doing coaching, is if they feel very awkward saying that to their family because it was something that was not normal for their parents. So it was just unfamiliar. So, and people will say to me, well, why didn't my parents say that? You know, I have to, why am I the person that has to say that to them? Because maybe you're the person to teach them to say, I love you. And maybe you're the one person that teaches them that they do matter and that it's okay to express your feelings. Like maybe that's what you're here for. Like, how cool would that be? Like, um, Benjamin Franklin, if you would not be forgotten as soon as you were dead, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. I need to write a book on hugs. (laughs) Watch out. You just don't know what books I'm going to be writing, but that could be one of them. And the other one is William Shakespeare says, no legacy is so rich as honesty. So if you love somebody, I'm just going gonna, gonna to encourage you just to tell them, like, I love you. What's wrong with that? I love my family. I love Samsung, They're my family. Of course I love them. What's not to love? They're freaking amazing people. And Taylor Swift says, no matter what happens in life, be good to people. Being good to people is a wonderful legacy to leave behind. So are you that person? Are you proactive and you're always telling or showing people how you feel? Or are you reactive and you're making people feel not worthy or not good enough? So maybe that's something that you'd like to create change around for you. Are you showing up being the person that you want to be remembered for? So on that note, even though we're going to go into this a little bit deeper, I've got a little bit of home play for you right now. Like right now, because I'm going to forget about this, right? We did a training with Pat Flynn and one of the exercises that we had to do in LA was, it was, I think it was part of Shalene's course at the time. Mm. And he made us do an exercise and we had to write down how specifically we wanted to be remembered at our funeral. So what would people be saying at your funeral? What do you want them to say about you? And so when we did the exercise... This is where I came up with you know I want people to know that I was never afraid to tell them that I love them and my brothers will be the first to say yes she's always done that she's that person. I want my friends to know that too. I want Sam's family like family and friends and the people that make a significant difference in my life it was really important that they would get up and say yep she had no problem expressing how much she loved us we felt loved by her. Another thing that I wanted to be remembered by was creating crazy cool adventures. So I want people to say remember when we went and did that with her, remember when we you know went to that crazy cool country and we patted a lion in Mauritius or we swam with whale sharks in Mexico or you know we went and slept on, we we'll put our head on Bob Marley Rock in Jamaica. Like I'm all about creating crazy cool memories with people and I wanted to be remembered for that with my friends, with my family and with colleagues and the other thing that was really important for me at the time and still is to this day and all of these are really important to me is I wanted to know that I had helped people in some way, shape or form become a better person become a better being uh, and love themselves even more than what they were currently doing prior to meeting me so those were just a couple and of course hugging hugging is just a that's you know the loving the hugging grow people and then have great adventures so those were the things that were really important to me at my funeral now what was some for you Sam?
1: Um, For me I wanted people to know or say that Sam was always there to help and that she would always you know she would do whatever she could to support and help my dreams so that i could be the best that i could be i'd like people to think that if ever they needed somebody that i was there to listen and to and never judged and never
0: Mm. we both said not judged we didn't want to feel like we had not um supported and encouraged people
1: Mm. and kindness was... was huge for you yeah was it's really important to me? I do everything that I really want people to know and think that I was kind mm. and caring and potentially slightly sensitive, especially around animals. You are sensitive, <laughs> especially around animals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was her biggest weakness? Crying when animals were hurt and crying during kids um kids movies around animals. <laughs> <laughs> so, take five minutes. Take five
0: minutes out of your day and ask yourself, just reflect on journal, you can just write it in your phone, you could do it on a piece of paper, is if you were to die, you know, and you could come back and you could watch your funeral, what would you really want to hear people say about you? So what would you want your friends to get up and say? What would you want your family to get up and say? What would you want anyone that you've come into contact so that they're going to rock up at your funeral for what reason? So do you want them to be sad? Do you want them to be heavy? Like, I think mine should definitely be doing an exercise. I think they should be putting something on the screen and everyone should be doing fight dough or yeah, a spin Yeah, fight dough is going to say, you know? <laughs> Get up there and everyone start boxing for Ursh, because that would be great. And then we could do a boot camp. I think that would be fun, right? And, of course, we should all go to the Caribbean and scatter my ashes. That would be good. (laughs) And we're hugging on a cruise ship at the same time. So think about what you would like to see and how you would like to be remembered.
1: What are people specifically saying about you? And And I think it's important to note it's what do you want them to be saying about you, mm. not necessarily what you think people are going to be Mm, saying about you right now. Because you can change who you are any, at any time, or how you behave, or how, or how you are being. And even if right now you are not being the person that you want to be, doesn't mean that you can't change and become that person. So instead of thinking, what would they say if, about me today? You could actually say, this is what I want people to say about me. And so, that
0: changed for us, didn't it? Yeah. So we were once we did this exercise, and it was about a two-hour project. It was quite intense. There were lots of tears, um, and it brought up a lot of emotion. And we looked at all of the areas, you know, like our health, our mental and emotional well-being. What did we want our partner um, to say? What did we want our family to say? What did we want our friends to say about our mission? About our experiences? What was our spirit like? What was our finances like? And what was our learning? Did we give back and did we contribute? And how did we make a significant difference to other people that we chose to? So just by doing this exercise, you will start understanding um, and appreciate what you truly value at your core. So that's why I highly encourage you just to and I give you permission to give yourself time to really explore this question and what's going to come up for you is things that are true to your core so that means that you now have the opportunity to show up in in a different light to start being the person that you want to be remembered for and that's a process like we were not the when we did this exercise you know we came back from America with more intention uh, about acknowledging and providing space for women to be seen and women to be heard. And we moved a lot more with intention into the coaching arena. Like I started running a lot more workshops at that time. And just by doing what I've been doing in the last four or five years with the coaching arena. I've been able to make an impact and a global impact at at a level that I now feel that if I was to pass away, you know, rapidly, I know that I feel, I don't even know, I, I feel that I have a legacy that I've left behind that I'm happy with. Like I didn't waste my time here. So I do encourage you, like take the time necessary so that you can truly, I mean we don't do this, we don't normally do this type of work and I do it in my Ultimate You group, however we just don't do it. We don't invest in the things that are really important because we're too busy living in survival mode. So block out some time, like if you could do 30 minutes, what is it that you really care about? How is it that you want to be remembered? And then are you living that today? And if you're not, doing the actions necessary to get that outcome, tweak it. What What do you need to change now? What do you need to add? What do you need to subtract? What do you need to change? What do you need to keep? And give yourself that reflection time. And that guy, I, I'm just trying to think what his book's called and for the life of me, I can't remember something it. something fly. Something fly, but it is Pat Flynn.
1: Yeah. You know, contributing can come in so many different ways in different layers or different ways like you can be contributing by being an amazing mother and teaching you teaching the skills of love to your children mums are amazing at contributing they just contribute like how many people
0: just you know like if i don't know this and maybe it's just me and Sam. it's like who's your best friend well my mum you know like what did she teach you what did she sacrifice what did she give up like oh yeah mums you are phenomenal. Dads, you are phenomenal.
1: And then you've got grandparents, mm. you know, c- contributing by teaching your grandchildren, you know, another layer of um, love and knowledge and experience that parents don't have because they're not at that time of their life. So giving that to your children. You can contribute by giving to people who need help. So you've got communities. You could work with... The sick, you could work with poor, you could work with the disadvantaged, you could work with people who have medical conditions or health, health conditions yeah. or um, mental health conditions or, you know, there's so many um, arenas outside of just self and family that need help. Maybe you ha- you helped um, animals and maybe you are involved in cleaning the the, the world, you know, like the whole planet needs help right now so maybe you're one of those people that contribute by you know collecting plastic and walking around the beaches Mm. picking up rubbish from the beaches there's so many ways that we can contribute without it you can find what works for you contribution doesn't have to be going to a um like the city mission and doing food for homeless uh, but it absolutely could be. It doesn't mean that you have to work in a hospice. It doesn't mean that you have to do animal welfare. There are st- like one person who loves animal welfare doesn't want necessarily to do hospice. And a person in hospice doesn't necessarily want to go and clean up the beaches. We all have our thing that will make us feel like we are contributing. And you don't have to follow in the steps of others. But you need to work out what will fill your cup.
0: And, you
1: know, contribution is like a higher
0: level of the need for significance. The difference being that it's actually no longer about you. So contribution can start at any age. And I think, I can't even remember how old I was at the time, Um, when I was... You know, I used to go and do collecting for IHC at the time, and I think I was either 15 or 16. So I'd go and knock on doors and go and help the community by taking buckets around and collecting money. I'd then go and collect money for surf life saving and then go and knock on doors. Um, in the weekends I then would go and give back to the AIDS community in Sydney I'd then go and volunteer again for IHC for open days and things like that and then you know we give back now one as I said to is something as simple as doing a podcast like we always you know give back in a way when people can't financially afford things. So I had a rule and I still have a rule when I first started coaching is that I would always coach someone that could not financially afford it. Like I've always got one of my clients that I do pro bono that is not in a financial situation that's able to afford it. We've also got a group at the moment of our 20 uh, Big Sister Project and we're Managing to contribute a lot of our time and, and investing a lot of our time for no reward financially back from that. And that's just a wonderful way to be able to give back to our community here out in West Auckland. And it's something that we've always believed in. It's always like, what can we do so that it's not necessarily about us? It's about helping other people. And as a business, we've liked to give back to Women's Refuge before and give them a cheaper membership rate. We've also got. Um, in the city city mission that we collect cans at the gym and we you know every Christmas presents and yeah once a year we do the collected cans once a year we do Christmas presents and we take them into the city mission it's just about how can you give back to your community with where you are right now because it's not always financial and people get stuck and think I don't have enough finances in order to be able to do that so just think about contribution is the essence of life. So life is not about me, it's about us. So we are social creatures and we have a natural need to feel that we have a higher purpose and that our life actually has meaning. The way that we find oh, sorry, the way we find that is to contribute to others. So, by contributing to others, and I spoke about this before, like at Christmas time when I was living in Sydney, and I would go um, for part of the AIDS community, and I'd also do fundraising for them, like collecting buckets on Mardi Gras and things like that. And on Christmas, I'd go there and we would prepare food in the kitchen and sit down at tables and have a conversation with them. Well, that costs no money. But just having a conversation with people and giving back at a time where family is crucial for them, and I mean, AIDS back then was just one of the things where, you know, it was secret squirrel and it was just people didn't openly come out and admit that they had AIDS at that time. It was a really hush, hush thing. So a lot of families had disowned their sons and it was just giving back to a community that had no love and no support at that time. So I'm curious, where would you like to give back? Where would you like to be remembered and how can you give back? So what's the first action step that you could take to give back to someone in your family, to give back to someone in your community, to give back to someone in, in your work environment, maybe your friends? Ben Carson says, happiness doesn't result from what we get, but from what we give. And I 100% believe in that. When we are contributing um, to others, and we that actually helps us overcome the biggest changes. If we think we actually had a purpose. So like that gives us purpose. So life therefore is about creating meaning and that comes from us giving.
1: And I think this entire episode would not be complete with some very wise words from somebody that I've always admired when I'm a little kid um, which is Mother Teresa. And what she wrote was, at the end of our lives, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received, how much money we have made, or how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. Mm. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was homeless, and you took me in. Mm. Extremely wise words from an unbelievable human being. And we can, I mean, no one in the world can possibly say that Mother Teresa wasn't possibly the best contributor of all time. Um, An incredible lady in a situation of great um, harshness and living in in a world, I mean, India itself was such a hard place for so many people to live in. And she could bring so much love and compassion to people who had nothing by giving off her own back if you need to read more about her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's a fan, Sam's a fan.
0: <laughs> and we really, really, look my apologies, I'm on steroids again so if you notice the last couple of episodes where my speech is a little bit funny or I'm a little bit slow in words, please forgive me, the decrease on steroids will be starting so just bear with me because it was so important for me to get this episode out to you guys tomorrow. So, how can you tell if contribution is one of your core needs? So, we did recap on that. We did go over this right at the beginning of the series. So, I just want to recap on it now. So, you're an extremely empathetic and compassionate person. You enjoy giving back and sharing what you have. You want to leave a legacy, and we've spoken in depth about a legacy today. And yet, you may burn out easily, or may be taken advantage of by others. So how to fulfill a need for contribution is giving back is the best way to fulfill this need. That's what you've got to do. You have to give back. Don't just join a volunteer group. Start your own. The closer the cause is to your heart, the more fulfilled you will feel. So As we wrap up, I want to just say that this is my personal belief is that we are all put on this earth, whether you believe in God or the universe, Allah, whoever. I believe we're put on this earth because we are unique and we are special. And we have gifts that need to be shared with the world. And by giving back what your strength is or what you're able to give back to make life easier for just one other human being. Is the biggest, most fulfilling thing that you'll ever experience. So I want you to really go back, do that home play today. Think about what's really important to you. What is your legacy? How do you want to be remembered? And then start acting with intention. Start doing more of that stuff because I don't want you to get on the last few days here on earth and have regrets. I want you to turn around and say, Irsh and Sam, I remember this podcast and from today I'm going to start acting with more intention. So when I come back, and I believe we're all going to be able to see our own funerals as well. So and when we come back we're going to be like, damn, you're going to be praising me. When you're watching your own own funeral you're gonna be coming back and saying thank goodness I listened to this podcast of Urshan because that was really insightful and I took immediate action and then I started acting with intention and if you do that then trust me your life will then change for the better knowing that you're giving back to someone in some little way or little or big because by giving back That makes us feel like we've contributed at a whole other level. By giving back, it makes me feel like we've made somebody else's day. We've made them feel like they matter. And really, at the end of our life, isn't that what it's all about? Love, connection, growth, and contribution. I can't wait to for you guys to share either through social media and tag us in or send us a message or if you bump into us at the gym or out on the street, you know, because we're like Mother Teresa now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just sharing what you're loving and what you're learning about these podcasts because just from speaking to three different people last week, man, I've got content for the next 12 weeks. I'm just, I'm amped to keep going. So Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for taking the time for you, because what you do really matters. And in order for you to give back to others, you need to give to
1: self first. And I think we're going to finish off with a final quote. Mm -hmm. The single biggest contribution you can make is to step into your greatness. Boom! And? And let your own unique magnificence blossom.
0: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And that one there is by Jane Lee Logan, and we love it. Let your unique, magnificent blossom. Until next time, go out and step into your greatness because the world needs you to shine, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials, and don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.